Shift is brought to you by Ricardo North America, a subsidiary of the Ricardo Group, a global engineering and environmental consultancy specializing in advanced propulsion, software, controls, and vehicle systems integration. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Shift, a podcast about mobility. I'm Pete Bigelow, your host and reporter at the Automotive News. It's Leslie Allen, editor of Shift Magazine. Hello. And Alexa St. John, covering tech and suppliers. Thanks so much for joining us for our third day of CES coverage. Uh, joining us on the podcast today is Sharif Marakbi, Executive Vice President from Magna International. Uh, we'll be talking to him about the company's new joint venture with LG, electrification, driving assist systems, and more. Uh, but first, we've got a bit of our own news here at, uh, at Shift to talk about with you. Uh, Shift has an event with CES here in the next uh, day called the Future of Mobility Get Up to Speed. Uh, Alexa, what can you tell us about the, uh, the event taking place on Thursday? Yeah, I'm actually really excited about the event that we have coming up, and that will be, as you said, Thursday. Uh, it's 1 to 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time anyway. Uh, we're going to be covering a couple of different topics related to the future of mobility. Uh, first one, we'll take a look at how Industry 4.0 technologies uh, are helping to create disruption and opportunity for automakers, especially as it relates to uh finding what sorts of things uh, consumers are looking for in services in their vehicles. Obviously, another big topic, as we've already mentioned, is electrification. So we'll have a panel on that. Uh, We'll take a look at the movement of goods and logistics and how that's driving the future of autonomous vehicles later on in the afternoon. And uh, last but not least, uh, we're taking kind of a broad look at what's ahead on the road to mobility. So we've got quite a few experts joining us uh, from Lyft to Volkswagen Group, uh, EVgo, uh, Ford Motor Company, Microsoft, et cetera, you name it. Uh, so I think this will be a really exciting addition uh, to CES week. It's interesting that the topic of, mo- of movement of goods and logistics is uh, part of this program. It's super relevant right now. I mean, just yesterday at CES, we heard the uh, keynote address that was led by Mary Barra at General Motors. And one of the things that GM announced was a commercial electric vehicle business called Bright Drop. And they're going to be working with Federal Express or FedEx Express as the first customers, a delivery van. And they're also going to be um, having an electric pallet called the EP-1. The commercial van's going to be called the EV-600. And then there's the EP-1 electric pallet, which is going to allow delivery drivers to more easily transport goods from the vehicle to the customer's door. So we're seeing a lot of uh, digital changes in the whole logistics and trucking and manufacturing sector of this business. So um, that should be pretty interesting to watch uh, going forward. Yeah, Leslie, I think to, uh, to tie what Alexa was saying about the shift events uh, together with uh, the General Motors news, we'd be remiss if we did not mention that Kelly Helfrich, uh, who's the uh, manager of GM's EV business and charging infrastructure, is one of the uh, speakers at the shift event, uh, as is John Krafchick from Waymo, 
uh, as is Mark Fields and, and as is Sharif Marekbi. So, uh, so careful readers and listeners this week, we'll, we'll get a double dose of Sharif, uh, one tomorrow during the shift event. And without further ado, uh, one right now, uh, with our conversation with him on the shift podcast. Uh, good morning, Sharif. And thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, obviously we're usually in Las Vegas for CES, uh, in these conversations, but where are you joining us from this morning? Uh, I am in the Detroit and Southeast Michigan this morning, uh, working virtually. So I'm curious, uh, you know, even though we're virtual this year, there's obviously still a show going on and and Magna has uh, some significant news. Uh, So why don't we kick this off? I I know you are showing off uh, electric truck concepts uh, in conjunction with CES. Uh, What can you tell us about this development? No, thank you. And thank you for having me. Um, Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's actually, uh, you're absolutely right that the format is different, which requires Magna and everyone else to, to focus a bit different, uh, differently and focus more on the virtual world. So what we're going to do next week, as we, uh, what we're going to do on CES is, is show a, a lot of the content that we'd love to show to people physically one day uh, virtually. And we're going to do that around a an electric truck. Uh, this really is more of a demonstration of some of the technologies and some of the areas that Magna is focused on. We're doing it around an electric truck to demonstrate one. Obviously, we are uh, you know at least physically when we're in Las Vegas, we're in the U.S. in North America, and the, the, this is a huge segment of the market. But most of the technologies we're describing would also apply to any vehicle anywhere around the world. So we're doing around the virtual truck and we're focused on four areas of innovation and technology. Uh, the, the first one is the eco innovation of obviously electric vehicles and electrification and other things that Magna is doing in that space falls under that. Then uh, people will be able to click on any of, of these. So eco innovation is the first one intuitive comfort uh, and we'll show some of the different areas again about the future and innovation that we're focused on in many of our divisions and areas in in the company and then the third one is dynamic drive which a lot of focus is on driver assist technology as we are seeing significant growth in that space and last but not least complete vehicles which magna uh, we pride ourselves in being able to engineer, uh, vehicle engineering, integrate, and also manufacture a full vehicle. Why is this electric truck segment, you know, suddenly so red hot? I mean, whether it's Rivian or Lordstown Motors or uh, General Motors' new EV Hummer, you know, we know that trucks bring in high margins, but are customers clamoring for electrified pickups right now? Well, I think electrification is, 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 definitely where things are going in all segments. And in North America, the pickup truck segment is one of the largest, and it makes sense to to really incorporate the trend that's happening about zero emissions and electrification in the biggest, one of the biggest segments in the market, which is pickup trucks. So I, I do think because the segment is so large, uh, we're also seeing a good volume of customers in each of the product lines that is interested in the trend that we're seeing across the board. 
Sharif, I'm curious about, uh, you know, just this theme of sustainability and, uh, you know, obviously it's a big topic right now. And uh, why has Magna just kind of chosen to focus on that as one of these four planks that you're displaying in the, uh, in the concept truck? Well, I, we think that uh, eco-innovation or sustainability or, you know, part of it is electrification is, is, uh, is more than just a powertrain and it's more than just one piece of technology. Clearly, electric vehicles is, is something that will continue to grow. So one is the growth that we're seeing. Two, uh, there's so much that Magna as well as the entire industry can do in this space. And it's across the board. So many of the things that people are doing and Magna is doing, and we'd like to show some examples of that is light weighting, uh, obviously electrification and powertrain. In in most, well, in all vehicles today, and specifically in electric vehicles, energy consumption or things that move that need a power supply is something that we are focused on. And that gets into a lot of the components and systems and technologies that, that Magna is working on. And last but not least, some of the aero ideas that we're seeing, like uh, you know, active uh, aero and dynamics are all areas that would, in a traditional vehicle, would improve fuel economy. In an electric vehicle, it would improve range. So this is, this is clearly a trend, clearly an area that we're focused on, and it allows us to work on more than just powertrain. It allows us to work on a lot of areas in, in the sustainability. That's interesting. Can you tell, tell us more uh, and drill down on some of the, I think you call it the active aerodynamic uh, innovations that, that are on the truck? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, when, when, when the trend that we're seeing were the segmentation of the market going from sedans to SUVs and trucks, uh, aero obviously goes the wrong way on larger vehicles and, and more squarish uh, front ends. So some of the technologies that could help and do, do help is things like uh, active aero where, or, or grill shutters or where, where you do have um, active blocking of areas or allowing the air to flow in areas that would uh, help reduce the drag on the pickup truck. So, you know, one of the reasons we see in the marketplace today versus, let's say, 10, 20 years ago is uh, larger vehicles and more SUVs and trucks have great fuel economy. And, you know, eventually, obviously, for electric vehicles, it's going to be a range. And one of the reasons is you've got to tackle in every area that you can tackle the energy consumption and the airflow and things like that. So Magna in, in many of our divisions, uh, including exterior, for example, because obviously a lot of the air drag we're seeing is on exterior. Uh, we're also working in the different divisions on active management of the airflow. And that really does help. And we're going to cover that next week at CES. It was just a few weeks ago that Magna announced its uh, joint venture with LG. Um, pretty significant uh, announcement in the industry. What can you tell us about what this marriage of sorts uh, signifies and what strengths uh, does it combine? Thank you. Uh, that, that's a really good uh, question. On the powertrain area, 
where uh, we look at electrification. And by the way, electrification, when I mention electrification, I'm talking about all forms of electrification. So all the way from a mild hybrid to full hybrid, to plug-in hybrid, to pure battery electric, they all need uh, e-drive, which includes components like electric motors and inverters. And uh, LG Electronics has been doing that for many years, and they're really good at it. Uh, Magna has also been doing uh, electric drives, and to really look at the trend that's happening and the growth that's happening in this area, uh, Magna can bring in the integration, the software, and take in several of the components and systems that LG Electronics are, are making, and then form it into a full powertrain that we can provide to our customers. And it's really a marriage of, of really great capabilities between the component capabilities that LG Electronics has been doing for many years and already has customers in, in, uh, for those components, OEM customers like GM and GLR and others. But we also uh, bring in that in the full powertrain. And the beauty of this also is we can, we as, as in Magna, can bring in the full knowledge and capability of the system and also the scalability. One of the things, while we know the trend is increasing in electric vehicles and electrification, the volumes could be volatile, and which requires us to make sure that we can scale quickly and we can be more flexible in terms of electric motors and e-drives in general. When does this uh, JV close? Uh, the JV is going to close, we estimate, middle of the year this year. Uh, and it's, it's going to be in full operations as, as we go after that. Uh, Sharif, you kind of mentioned uh, kind of the general growth anticipated in uh, electric powertrains. Uh, and everybody kind of has an opinion on, on when that inflection point is of, of kind of, you know, this turn in the market from, from ICE to, to EVs. What's your perspective on this, and when when do you see sales really starting to to take off? It's a really good question. So uh, the, the real answer is nobody knows exactly what the volumes are going to be. One, uh, we we all have our assessments. What's really key, I wanted to mention before we get into any assessments or projections, is it's key for a, a company like Magna to uh, have an, a building block approach, which is what we're doing which no matter when the inflection point is gonna be, we're, we have the right building blocks to take off with the trend that we're seeing. So I just wanted to highlight that, and that's the LG uh, Magna JV is an example of that. In terms of uh, the volumes, uh, we do see already a significant growth in volume, yet electric vehicles, pure electric vehicles, is still a small piece of the market. Uh, we see that growing in the, between 2025, which is really one generation away for vehicles, and uh, 2030 significantly to the point where we see close to half the vehicles produced in the 2030 timeframe having some kind of electrified powertrain. So we see some significant growth happening between now and 2030. We know that you know Europe, of course, has a regulatory environment that supports electric vehicles. Uh, China, of course, has long promoted uh, this electric powertrain strategy. 
So from a regulatory perspective, do you anticipate uh, North America tilting in that direction, uh, especially with the new incoming administration? Um, we are, Magna is a global company and many other companies in this business are global companies and we have to, and we are monitoring the globe. You're absolutely right, Alexa, in terms of Europe and China. Uh, China already is the largest EV market in the world today. And Europe is not far behind in terms of regulatory environment. But we also see more than regulatory, we see uh, a, a strong trend in the US, uh, call it competitive trends, call it uh, regulation is gonna come, call it you know, California or other green states. But in general, there's the, the US is following aggressively when we see that and we, we we strongly believe it's going to follow the trend that we're seeing globally. So we have to design in many ways global products to follow our customers that are also launching global products. And we have to make sure that uh, what works in Europe or China also works in the U.S. And we're ready for that inflection point in the U.S. as well. Sharif, obviously we've talked about, uh, you know, electrification here uh, you mentioned the aerodynamics before. Uh, Magna is also heavily involved in, in seating and uh, complete vehicle manufacturing. Can you just let's go big picture a moment? Tell us uh, a little bit about the the breadth of of what Magna can can offer its customers in, in all these different areas. Absolutely, uh, just under uh, uh, eco uh, innovation or areas that we're focused on whether it's light weighting, energy consumption, aero, or powertrain, we have capabilities, and I just, just run through the, the key areas in Magna. Magna Electronics uh, can do a lot in that space. Obviously, a lot of things are turning from mechanical to electronics. Magna Powertrain, huge piece of electrification. Uh, interesting examples, I would say, from Magna are, um, we have uh, a very large, portion of the business in the industry around materials and uh, steel, aluminum, composite materials. So light weighting would apply there. And a good example of that would be a battery tray. A battery tray is not a simple, uh, I mean, you could go very expensive, very big, very large after the fact. But if you incorporate, if a customer incorporates a battery tray, and Magna is working on that, and we'll show that at CES uh, composite battery tray. Uh, you could you could actually affect some of the key things on sustainability and electric vehicles to increase the range. Um, uh, mirrors, lighting, and mechatronics is another area that incorporates a lot of the moving components uh, as well, and it gets into energy consumption, uh, aerodynamics, exterior. Uh, seating, we talked about uh, a lot of energy consumption in seating and areas that we could and we are uh, working on and we're going to show. And then last but not least, again, the, the full vehicle. And I can't, I can't underestimate that because the full vehicle capability, not just from a manufacturing, but from an engineering, gives Magna the opportunity to really have a, a true customer view about how the component or the system fits within the environment and what does the customer want and that's something that we're leveraging in a big way in in many of the components and systems that we're, de we're designing in that environment to achieve 
better fuel economy or better range on an electric vehicle as we go into the future. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, you know, that capability of complete vehicle manufacturing. And it, it's obviously very unique. Um, what's, the, what's the production capacity for the number of vehicles that Magna can produce in a given year? And uh, is that a growth area? Do you anticipate trying to add capacity to kind of, you know, hit the accelerator on that, so to speak? Sure. We, we already have uh, hundreds of thousands of vehicles per year capacity that we can produce vehicles uh, in two main locations, in Europe and in China. Uh, we're open to, you know, obviously in discussions and talking with uh, not just established OEMs, but also new entrants and new startups to consider uh, more locations. But we, we do have enough capacity that we can accommodate. And uh, one of the announcements we had in, in recent months is uh, collaborating with one of the new entrants, Fisker in this case, uh, to produce vehicles, not only to produce, but also engineer much of the vehicle as well. And that's a good example of something that we're getting in, in addition to Magna Steyr or our, our capability for full vehicle that we've been working on for many, many years with many OEMs, and that's already in production uh, in, in a couple of locations. We're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back with more from Sharif Marekbi. Transportation OEMs and Tier 1 customers count on Ricardo to deliver the next wave of cleaner, more efficient mobility and propulsion technologies. From advanced and alternative fuel internal combustion engines to electrified and autonomous vehicles for racing, digital age military, aerospace, and terrestrial transport, Ricardo's product agnostic approach drives innovation that is fit for the future. Our customers come to Ricardo for world-class support, from staff augmentation, advanced concept ideation, production design, testing, and development, through low-volume production. In fact, Ricardo's strategic and technical consulting teams sit arm-in-arm with innovators the world over to map solutions that mitigate transportation challenges. The strength of Ricardo is rooted in our active internal research and development activities that are driving next-generation connected and autonomous vehicles, high-power-density electric inverters, high-speed transmissions, and electric drive units. We deliver much more than ideas, much more than supercomputers in a trunk. We develop solutions for efficient use of space, active management of energy, minimizing thermal impact, and, of course, managing cost of delivery. For more insights into Ricardo's depth of engineering expertise, and the next wave of cleaner mobility and propulsion technology, look for a forthcoming invite to the first Ricardo Mobility Summit featuring leaders from the transportation world. And now back to our conversation with Sharif Marekbi. Can you expand upon uh, what's driving that growth, uh, especially for those new entrants? I mean, are, are these customers interested in a complete vehicle manufacturer because you have this scalable electric powertrain? Uh, are they interested in providing uh, automated vehicle services without needing an OEM? Or, or what, what do you see as attracting uh, you know, companies like Fisker? Sure. Um, these companies are interested in two things. They're interested in the manufacturing capability and the capacity that is otherwise very expensive and it takes many, many years to, uh, to establish uh, and that's what we have. We have a team and we have facilities, we have capabilities to do uh, a lot of that. The other piece that is very integral to this is the development, co-development or development. And 
reality is every new entrance is different. So there's no you know, clear answer as this is exactly what they want. It depends on what they want and what their current capability is. So for the Fisker deal, we've talked about uh, we're, we're not only going to provide an, uh, an, a platform, uh, which traditionally is very expensive and it takes a long time to develop, but also uh, we're going to do the ADAS or driver advanced driver assistance system uh, with with Fisker. So uh, it it all depends, but in general, I would say that most new entrants are interested in not just manufacturing, but also the integration and the development capabilities for Magnus Tire. So could Magnus supply a company such as Apple in this respect? I can't talk about other things under development, but I know that we've, uh, you know, we're open and Magna is usually at the table of many of these discussions because of the capabilities and Magna could provide both the manufacturing and the engineering for a full vehicle. Sharif, maybe I can ask you about uh, autonomy, more generally speaking, uh, you know, obviously in, in recent weeks, even we've seen a real proliferation in a number of driverless deployments out there uh, where, where a lot of companies are removing safety drivers from, from some of their testing operations. Uh, and this is an area that you were, you were involved in prior to joining Magna. So you have this interesting perspective from both the automaker and supplier uh, worlds. Uh, just curious about, you know, what's, what's your perspective on where autonomous progress stands here at the beginning of January uh, 2021? Well, I think uh, when we talk about autonomous, uh, I know the technical terms of, you know, level one through level five, but just to keep it uh, straightforward, there's driver assistance, which would uh, require a driver in the vehicle. And it's generally for personal owned vehicles or leased vehicles. And we see a tremendous growth, um, not just in the future, but even the last couple of years. If you go back a couple of years, um, it's, it's actually a very rare option that you would find in vehicles. And now it's becoming standard uh, in many vehicles. And the best way that I would think about driver assist technology is what is the feature? So, you know, there is regulatory uh, drivers for driver assistance. But uh, aside from that, we see non-regulatory driver, meaning the customer wants the feature. And two of the, you know, examples of that are things like lane keeping, which would uh, make the driver drive safer given the distractions that are going on in the world these days. Uh, as well as adaptive cruise control. And those are features that are becoming more and more standard. And uh, I've been amazed looking at the industry data and looking at some of, some of the ADAS features have doubled in two years. And in my uh, long automotive experience, I only remember things like airbags and ABS and things like that that used to, started optional and now are becoming standard and it very quickly standard. And I do see that in ADAS. As we get into level four and level five, you get into shared mobility, which I would only say that that is, you know, we're building the blocks for, for full autonomy. So we're doing all the right things. And Magna has not only the sensing, but also the compute capability uh, to do that. And it's going to translate into uh, removing the driver one day. I think you could argue that COVID 
had put a little bit of a, a slow launch into some of these shared mobility autonomy uh, vehicles, but they're going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Gotcha. Let's uh, let's stick with ADAS for a moment. Uh, you know, it's interesting at CES, we usually hear a lot about uh, some of the sensors that are involved in autonomy, but uh, I'm curious if you find uh, things like LiDAR uh, are now applicable to to uh, an ADAS system, like let's say level two level two system, and are there other sensors, maybe like infrared cameras, that are as ADAS uh, advances uh, and keeps a human in the loop? Are are those sensors going to be uh, enhancing those systems, or is that kind of a too high of a price point for a driver assist system? Well, it, it all depends on the system. So obviously, when we look at regulatory drivers and then customer wants, uh, we see that value or providing a system that is uh, lower cost than you know thousands of dollars is, is the right way to go. Obviously, you do get into expensive solutions when you get into LiDAR, and there are places for that. But for regular driver assist technologies for as a, an option that is hopefully will be turning standard in many vehicles, we see more of a radar, ultrasonics, cameras are a huge piece of it, and uh, more of a domain architecture or domain controller that can process all this data and provide the feature that the customer is looking for. Uh, I... And, and Magna is, is approaching this from a building block capability and Magna with collaboration and partnerships and on many of the sensors, as well as developing a full solution is one of the few uh, companies in the world that can provide that. And, and as, as you know, we're showing with some of the announcements lately with Fisker and others, but um, we also have collaboration on LIDARs and we clearly see solid state LIDARs and moving into a simplified, more value uh, LiDAR solution. Now, we could have a very expensive multi-beam solution that goes on top of a vehicle, uh, but we can also see LiDAR technology as helping in some of the uh, very, very simple uh, solutions that can assist the driver as well as get into autonomy. So we do see a place for LiDAR, and that's why we have LiDAR collaboration as well. But the main uh, focus for ADAS is going to be the radars and some of the more traditional sensors, as well as a full integration through a domain. One of uh, the trends that we're seeing as it relates to driver assist systems uh, is this increased need for better collaboration between a human driver and the vehicle. Uh, so I guess broadly speaking, what's the right way for something like a driver monitoring system to work? Well, we, we, we feel that driver monitoring is essential for, uh, as, as we go, and that's even independent of levels of ADAS. And EU NCAP is a good example of a regulatory body that is requiring uh, monitoring in, in the vehicle. So you could... You know, there's so many uses for cameras in our in our uh, personal life as well as on our in our vehicles, in our in our personal drives, and we're already launching you know very basic cameras like monitoring kids in the back of cars, uh, and and that's happening in the next you know this year, 
but we're also, when you start looking at driver assistance and keeping the driver uh, or notifying the driver if they start, uh, you know, let, let's just call it dozing off or not paying attention, uh, we think that's essential and it helps significantly get the driver to be alert through their drive. And that's why it's called driver assistance. So we feel it's an integral part of the future. Sharif, I'm curious. Uh, so we've been talking about driver assist for, for a few questions here. Uh, let's move to the, to the higher levels of autonomy, which are you know, fully self-driving. Uh, obviously, you mentioned COVID uh, earlier. Uh, I'm curious about uh, you know, how you see delivery being pulled forward as a trend. Maybe if, if ride hailing has been, uh, or autonomous ride hailing has been pushed back a little bit, do you see delivery services uh, really becoming kind of a, a first wave focus? Um, absolutely. Uh, when, when you look at the talk about level four or no driver in the vehicle, uh, the trends that we've seen last year in 2020 is more uh, urgency and expedited goods delivery service. We all get our goods delivery every day uh, at our homes. And that has been more than ever before. So that's going to continue to grow. And the good news is it's a simpler form of technology and autonomy that we can develop for that. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to tell in terms of the timing for if it's pushed back by a lot or a little. We do see personal space and personal ownership and personal transportation as staying for a, for a while and for a long time, and maybe shared mobility because of people's behavior, because of COVID and, and other things, is pushed back a bit. Uh, that is, I, I just wanted to make sure that uh, I highlight that this is not in any way indicating that uh, level four is not going to happen. It's just going to happen. It's just a matter of time. As, as we kind of zero in on this delivery aspect, I'm curious if, uh, if Magna bringing its complete vehicle uh, manufacturing to bear uh, for a, some sort of autonomous delivery vehicle that has no occupants. Uh, is that something that, that you are working with people on, uh, evaluating? Uh, is that kind of a, you know, maybe something that we see from from you soon? Yeah, I, I, well, again, I can't talk about uh, existing discussions. Uh, you're absolutely right that Magna, I mean, if we can design and engineer and manufacturing a full vehicle with all the, the requirements, we can definitely uh, design and manufacture a moving goods pod or uh, whatever you want to call it in terms of simple delivery uh, of goods. So we are absolutely uh, interested uh, and, and capable of doing that work uh, for autonomy. You know, the one thing I would just would like to highlight is delivery in an autonomous way isn't just about the vehicle. I mean, the vehicle is definitely uh, an important piece of it, but the software to manage the fleet, the uh, the brands, who you're working with, and uh, the service and everything else is all part of the ecosystem uh, of, of autonomy and delivery. And that's all things that we got to consider, not just the vehicle. Do you have any interest in, you know, we're talking about delivery kind of last mile vehicles, I think, in terms of a pod. Uh, does Magna have any interest in, in the trucking side, the interstate side of autonomy? 
Uh, Magna is interested in the different segments and and the trucking, uh, if you call it, if you mean by class eight trucking or uh, all the way down to a pod. Magna is interested and open to and open for business, if you will, for integration and development of of the technology for the different forms of transportation. So absolutely. As we uh, near the end of our conversation here, um, and obviously started the year and uh, starting starting the year off with with the bang that is CES, uh, what else can you tell us about what's on your plate or your radar for uh, 2021? Oh, thank you. Uh, a lot. Uh, the other thing, we really didn't talk much about it. I'd like to bring up is we have a category that people will be able to see in CES uh, called intuitive comfort. And that would cover a lot of the areas that we, uh, that again, lends itself to the future. So things like smart access, meaning regardless of what the use is, electric vehicle, autonomous vehicle, shared mobility, uh, we, we as an industry need to work on uh, improved access uh, into the vehicle through the doors, which is something that Magna does, through electronics, which is something Magna does. Uh, so we're, we're going to be covering some of the ideas in that space. We're also going to be covering some of the seating ideas uh, that, that we, uh, we're working on. And uh, definitely we'll be covering some of the lighting ideas as Magna Lighting with our Mirrors Lighting and Mechatronics group is, is working diligently on that. A lot of technology that goes into lighting as we go into the future, not only from an appearance standpoint, but from a functionality. So we'll be covering the whole intuitive comfort category with many examples in a lot of our, our areas, in addition to electric vehicles and eco uh, innovation and dynamic driving and ADAS. I'm curious, Sharif, I, I'm always looking ahead to the future when we talk at CES, uh, but I'm going to I'm going to zigzag in the opposite direction here. Uh, last year, maybe it was even two years ago, Magna had what I thought was one of the more interesting displays, uh, which was the uh, the seating configurations that could kind of be quickly and, and automatically changed based on you know the vehicle needs for the moment, uh, be it ride hailing or, or goods carrying or or regular passenger configuration. And I I thought that was really interesting. I'm curious if there's if there's market traction for for that sort of, uh, you know, kind of quickly changing cabin right now? Uh, I would I would say the short answer is yes. Uh, it, it all depends on the application. So when you look at, I think what we showed um, a couple of years ago was um, tracks and seating that can adjust and twist and tilt and swivel and uh, do a lot of things. And depending on the application, uh, Magna has been in the seating business for a long time. And when we look at some of the personal ownership, it's probably, uh, you know, can accommodate many of these innovations. But as you get into shared mobility, you get more of, of these innovations where things can swivel and move on the fly without people in it. Uh, and that's something that we're, we're seeing traction. We're absolutely seeing uh some traction in the personal ownership with some of the features, definitely in the shared mobility. It's all very, very interesting. Uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us, telling us what you have going on for CES this year and uh, other updates going on at Magna. Um, been a really great discussion. Thank you very much, and I welcome anyone to uh, to attend. And you could you could do that through CES or 
magnet-virtual.com and we, we can have a special session for some of our customers. That was quite an interesting interview, guys, with uh, Sharif Marakli. Um, we'd like to thank Sharif for joining us on the podcast. And we're going to be wrapping up our special coverage of CES on tomorrow's show. Steve Smith, who is our colleague from our sister podcast, Daily Drive, will be sitting down with Glenn DeVos. Glenn is the CTO of Active, and so I can't wait to hear what they have to say about Active's uh, work in autonomous vehicles and other types of technology. So we're really looking forward to that, and we thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>